Welcome to the Future of Tourism podcast. I'm David Peacock. Stop owning your own content. Young leaders are stepping up. Bring everyone to the table. And imagine their world anew. There's an obvious necessity for tourism to create legacy value improvements and assets for the places and people that choose to play host to visitors. We need to take a very careful look at all our activities and determine if they are indeed serving our communities and creating legacy value for our citizens. Sustainability and regeneration initiatives are, by definition, activities that leave a lasting positive impact on places and people. They're also an opportunity for DMOs to build meaningful partnerships outside the cohort of the usual suspects. If we want to talk about legacy value and sustainability and regeneration, then we want to talk to Jessica Bandy and Alexis Kurilek. They're both sustainability vanguards and they both work globally on a host of projects. They also both work with the Global Destination Sustainability Movement or GDSM and the MNC focused Meet for Impact Group. Good morning, Alexis. Good morning, Jessica. How are you? Where is it? Where are you? What's it like? You first, Alexis. Good morning, David. Hi, Jessica. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me here. Love to be here talking about this subject. Um, I'm coming in today from Vancouver, BC. Very rainy day. Have had a lot of sunshine. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this conversation. Super. It's nice to see you. Jess, how are you? Where are you? It looks really nice there right now. Kia ora and hello. Lovely to be chatting to you both. Um, I am in the lovely Hawke's Bay in the North Island of New Zealand. Uh, this is beautiful wine region and it's been very sunny here the last few days. We're coming into summer so it's yeah, really starting to warm up and hopefully we're going to get some uh, wonderful weather over the next few weeks and months. And Yeah, but really great to be here and looking forward to uh, sharing a little bit more on sustainability. Okay, it's great to have you both here and talk to you both. What's kind of funny is we're we're meeting here um, on Google. Um, Jess, I just saw you in Korea. Um, you Alexis, did. I you were yeah, I did. And then <laughs> since then, though, I've also seen Alexis in St. Jacobs, Ontario. So back and forth across the country, um, uh, and have been to Tel Aviv to talk sustainability uh, with uh, City DNA and and with uh, someone you both work with, uh, uh, GDSM movement and my good friend guy bigwood so it's not like we don't see each other but it's great to see you again all right let's jump right in at a really high level alexis you and i have worked together i, I think it's it spans more than 10 years i think first at inner vistas um currently your gds movement uh work is with uh, rto for an organization that i work extensively with um in there you're also working with 2031 with my my good friend and here, uh, Greg Clausen uh, on global issues. Give us a 30,000 foot view, bookends on what are we talking about today? Where are we at in, in the global sustainability and regenerative movement? There's, there's a lot happened. Um, we could talk about tourism, you know, coming to adopt it, but I think we're past that. We're into, we're into the action phase. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, I think that's a big question, David, and I don't think I get the whole 60 minutes of this, so I will try and keep it 30,000 feet. Um, you know, I can I can talk specifically to Canada and North America just because of it, it's a bit of a different market than globally. Um, 
you're right like we're, we're seeing a lot of adoption and a lot of action taking place in Canada right now and I think it's a really really exciting time there's a lot of recovery funds um, a lot of those recovery funds are being spent on sustainable initiatives training education um, it's rolling all the way down to the businesses um, who's manufacturing for those businesses this is some of the programs that are going to come out and I think if we talk about the legacy of that. We're at the tip of the iceberg of what tourism can do for sustainability. Um, talking very high level, but you know, cause with that, I wanna say there's a lot happening and the market's becoming a little bit saturated with what's happening. And I think the one challenge that we have is um, we need to look um, at aligning and, and kind of coming to a cohesive plan of how to use tourism for sustainability in Canada. That's a great, that's a great intro. And let's stick a pin in it right there because we'll come back to the legacy value. But I think you framed it really well. We're, we're, cut, we're it's not even like we're all in the blocks on the track. It's like we've all decided we want to start running and jogging. We're at various yeah. stages. Jessica, that's a really interesting opportunity to jump back to you know, all the way back to August for who to Korea, uh, halfway around the yeah. world. We were both guests in, in Goyang in South Korea. Phenomenal place, part of a 20-year strategy to build a destination with millions of people and all the services that go therein, and to own um, a big piece of, of the Asian meetings conventions industry within those two decades. They're halfway into that. They've got a 3 million square foot convention space that's phenomenal. They've got a Hyundai museum that is literally on par or better than anything I've ever seen anywhere in my life. The place is phenomenal, but in the middle of that 20 year strategy, boom, COVID, right? You and I are right there at the end of that as they, I thought just so graciously handled the fact that they're all completely aware they have to make a shift. Tell me, tell me about, tell me about going and tell me what you saw. Yeah, going was a really fascinating experience for, for me. And, and I think just in general, because They've got, I mean, we were invited to Goyang Destination Week, which is an entire week that's very much around the destination tourism, sustainability, um, very centred on dignitaries and, you know, VIPs and getting people to this event to go and speak about, you know, sustainability, around governance, around what that destination can really do to, to grow and evolve. Um, and of course, we were there to take um, a, a few workshops for um, people, not not just from um, Goyang or Korea. We in, we invited guests from um, Japan and um, uh, Thailand. Um, obviously, us. Um, yeah, there Malaysia. are a whole range. Of yeah. yeah, Malaysia that we're attending. I think probably the the big takeaway for me from that week was the rebuild that they're going through now and the acknowledgement of what they're having to do. But equally, and I and I see this certainly from a GDS perspective, the gains that they are making in a short space of time, they're investing heavily right now to really ensure that within a couple of years, they are going to be rebuilt and they're going to be even better. Um, yeah, I think I was probably quite surprised at just how quickly they are moving on this. And it's exciting. And it, it got me excited. I felt really passionate about sustainability again, from this event, from the people that were there, from what they were willing to share, and just the gains they're making so rapidly. Yeah, I think so that was probably it, a big takeaway. I couldn't agree more with you. Um, mm -hmm. it, you're walking into a situation that from a, um, 
um, sort of intellectual perspective, you're walking into a situation, you know, that's an incredible flux, but the whole four day process played out so beautifully. I mean, there was a full sustainability conference attached at the end of GDS week for participants. I think you had 60 odd, 70 people stay for that. Um, I think you hit on a really important point in there. It started a decade ago with planning and in that planning, even then, they were talking very early steps about sustainability. So to see them as they look at the middle of their program and say, we have to pivot, we have to literally make millions of square feet and thousands of hotel rooms serve a dual purpose. And I've got some observations on that later, but I think it's really important. The fact that the reason they included sustainability in that is twofold. One, like everyone else in the world, they woke up and said, oh my gosh, this has become a central or a central issue for for tourism, inbound travelers, traveling, whatever you like, but also they'd already committed to it, which comes back, Alexis, to what you were talking about is how do you, how do you, um, how do you make sure that the work you do now has some traction in order to create that legacy value? I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, here in Canada, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of money floating around. Um, can't be critic can't be critical of a lot of money floating around but you sure do like to see it applied with some enduring value and since we're talking about legacy i mean of course we wanted to have legacy value but let's talk about the gains that can be made as people are coming to the table we can talk about the early adopters and the leaders but they are a little bit further ahead and they've got fully developed programs and they've made commitments to five and ten and 25 year plans with outcomes yeah. but as we see this new cohort of people who have woken up to the idea that this must be a central part of their plans and they're in this early phase of gathering information what has to happen yeah so i think you you make a good point about the early adopters and the leaders because they're from my perspective and from what I've seen, so we work with, you know, 70 plus destinations all over the world. We're about to now be working with 25 destinations in Canada, at least. That's a huge increase from 2019. That's with strategy indexing. Like any, you had said that, you know, we kind of, different people, different organizations are at different parts of this journey and, and we need to crawl and then walk and then run. So I've seen these early adopters and these leaders continuing to invest and lead and move forward, which is amazing. And we don't want to leave them out, but we're going to see a lot of place fill those empty slots that, that they're leaving behind. Um, and I think that's the exciting part. I think there is a lot of training that's going to be happening across the country to DMOs, to supply chains, to restaurants, um, and to businesses. And I, and, and in all different aspects. So it will be about creating a more sustainable experience for visitors, about including the community, but it's also about how to be a more sustainable and um, better business. Like when you think about things like that, this is just helping the whole city. Um, this is helping businesses be more profitable and be better businesses. Um, so I think, I think we'll see a lot of organizations be opened up to the opportunity in front of them and continue to move in that process. Is it going to be all of them? No, but we, again, we need to crawl, walk, run. Okay. So I, I, you are working on a project that I have high knowledge of in St. Jacobs. Yeah. Um, I, I did get to attend the uh, first uh, two sessions of your community engagement piece on that one. Very, very, very cool project by RTO4 in Canada. Um, <laughs> interesting thing here so if i said to you 
was sustainability well received in that room, it would be an understatement. It was expected as everyone sat down and there were what there were businesses from the business improvement area there were citizens there were town council residents it it wasn't like hey can we can we sort of introduce the idea of sustainability it was if it wasn't on the list somebody would have been making an outcry about it right well if you recall my presentation david by the time i got up there everybody had already basically said what i wanted to say in terms of explaining what regenerative tourism was. They didn't know they were talking about regenerative tourism, but they were talking about all the pieces of community and engagement and restoring and uh, quality of life and everything like that. So yeah, it was a given, absolutely. Okay, so this leads me to my point, and I'm coming, coming back to you with this one, Jessica. One of the assumptions when I talk to destination uh, sustainability consultants is, hey, we need the DMO just to connect with all these people and this stakeholder network and bring it. Um, my personal knowledge and experience is, whoa, 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 you're overestimating the level of engagement that the DMO has with its stakeholders. And that's not to cast aspersions on anybody. The entire industry, we've got a, we've got a decent interface, but it's with a very specific set of stakeholders who are used to working with hotels and City, city governments to some extent, retailer uh, providers, purveyors of food and experiential. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an engagement much wider than that in the sustainability sense. You, it, that's, that's necessary, but not even beginning to sufficient. Is that, is that a fair statement, Alexis? Yeah. Can I actually share something really cool about the St. Jacob's project that you probably don't even know yet? <laughs> Please. It's now, it's now an okay time. Okay. Um, so yes, that's... Part of our program, the GDS movement or the GDS index is about building a network and a foundation of, you know, stakeholders outside of the tourism industry. I think, I think what you said was non-tourism cohorts or something like that, David. I, I like but, to call them, I like to call them the unusual suspects. The unusual suspects, <laughs> which is so necessary for all of this. Um, and I've seen a lot of really neat examples of it, but nothing as cool as the one that hopefully is what transpires in St. Jacobs. Um, St. Jacobs is a, a, a not even St. Jacobs, but the township, the bigger township um, that St. Jacobs sits in, has just started their sustainability journey. So they have just put together their sustainability committee. There's no terms of reference yet. There's no goals or objectives yet. And we're coming in and asking them to take on our program, this indexing program. And and Township, we're going to need your help collecting all of this information because we measure environmental, social, supplier, and DMO progress. Um, well, they're, they're a bit stunted because they don't have this information yet and they don't really know how to apply all this and how it's going to work. And what we're looking at now is they can actually use our tool to create the next steps for mm-hmm. their sustainability plan for the township, for measuring you know, municipal garbage, recycling, air quality, and things like that. And that's almost usually our program goes the other way around but to see a tourism program actually developing the next steps for a township sustainability plan is right. uh, hang on you're, you're, so you're telling me you've had further discussions with with the township and they're excited about that prospect yes yes super wow. cool i did not know that that is a, that's a new development okay so jessica over to you here we are mm-hmm. in goyang it's august their pivot mm-hmm. is about taking this asset that 10 years from now would service mm-hmm. predominantly meetings business and it would be very, very busy and it's proximity to Seoul and the airports, all sorts, you know, it's all 
LinkedIn. There'll be there'll be high speed traffic. I mean, right now you can cycle from going to downtown Seoul in in about forty minutes. Like it's not so hard. It's really cool. But that had changes because they realized you're going to have to count on a lesser volume of meetings, even in the next ten years, that they're going to have to really adjust their place. And I mean, the place is beautiful. It's hard if you haven't been there to explain what a purpose-built city that's been really well thought out looks like. It's weird. It's just kind of evolving out of bare space. And and then all of a sudden there's a massive world-class aquarium next to a convention center beside, um, you know, which is what is essentially a Neiman Marcus area of shopping, beautiful hotels. You feel safe the whole time. They're going to have to shift to a much more hybrid model of, of transient tourism or, or leisure tourism plus plus meetings but let's talk about the engagement piece there because mm. you couldn't build something like this in most countries the fact that it is a centralized government with a 20-year plan but one of the mm. things i saw again was them waking up to this idea that they have to in their pivot they have to start you know rather than just centralized planning they have to really start to engage the people in this destination don't they they do, and and I think you know we, we talk about stakeholder engagement a lot when we're thinking about legacy, and this is probably a, an important time to to start chatting legacy. I mean, Goyang were thinking legacy when they developed this plan, and you know any legacy planning you know is very much around stakeholder engagement. It's around engaging groups and residents and people and indigenous people and groups that we're probably not super familiar with or comfortable with. In our normal sphere of activity, and they've they've done this. They've well, they've certainly engaged their residents, and are taking them on this sustainability journey. And yeah, there's been a lot of thought. And I and I know as we kind of departed Goyang, um, you know, there was you know where to, where are they going to go next, and and what is the next part of their plan? Um, and a bit of a gap that they've recognised is they want to develop more tourism products, but a really important part of that is how do they take their residents on that journey? What do the residents need? And this is some of the things that they're starting to think about. And I really admire how they've gone about this. It's it's fascinating to see because they're now yeah, developing the city is very much based around the needs and desires of the residents and some of this, you know, through this stakeholder engagement or stakeholder consultation process. Yeah, quite incredible to see. But yeah. it is, and 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 it's it's hard not to to feel like you have to underline the fact that was a further on thing though. That that engagement piece probably would have taken you know five or six years from now is to continue. Literally, I'm going to be frank. Continue to build the population, the destination, and the assets all at the same time. They can do that. Mm. Okay, so we've talked about the idea that sustainability obviously is the ultimate legacy regeneration sorry regeneration is the ultimate legacy in this this whole thing and once you get pulled into the global sustainability movement it, it hits you you know unless everybody's working hard not just to reduce but to regenerate we never get there so obviously no argument against the fact that regeneration is the ultimate legacy value but as human beings we need to create small legacies along the way because we have to deal with our populations who need to see progress in their lifetime it's great and, I, and we're gonna have to think like our our, our first first nations peers in, in canada we can't just ask all the progress in our lifetime we have to see the next seven generations and see where they're going to go but that said you have started to point some really important short when when i say short term Nowadays, I'm talking three to five years. I, you know, I just, I think one of the worst things that ever happened in tourism was the 12 month plan. We got stuck in marketing for 40 years because of the 12 month plan. There's no such thing. 
cannot be. So looking three years in a St. Jacobs, or looking three years in a Goyang, we have to have legacy value wins on sustainability. Alexis, you jumped the gun, always ahead of the class, and talked about one of the first ones, which is if the township thinks it can create its regeneration model out of the GDS uh, part of the St. Jacobs initiative, super cool. That's legacy asset one. Um, you've got a, another couple of uh, things you like to talk about. I, I did run into um, um, uh, Vancouver Island and their um, their social, um, uh, what are they calling it? 4VI? Yeah, 4VI. Ran into 4VI and talking yeah. about their, no, sorry, it, book, book in that program for me. What are they calling it? So they're they're now a social enterprise. Thank you. Go on. Yes. Um, tourism, they used to be tourism Vancouver Island. They've switched into 4VI. Um, and they're, yeah, so they, they now operate as a social enterprise, which means they're a lot of their funds. I don't, I don't actually know how many of their funds, but lots, majority of their funds have to go towards supporting community projects. Um, mm -hmm. but funny enough, I have a call with Meet for Impact. And then after this call, um, because they're looking for new ways, like we've been talking as an industry for so long, what are additional metrics to measure tourism? Right? What does that look like? Um, and they're looking at that and those impact metrics. Um, so we're having a discussion with them after this. But it was funny. I, what's his name? Brian Kant is, I think he's the VP of marketing. I don't remember his actual title, but he's been one of the main uh, people making this organizational transition. And I saw him at the Tourism Cares Conference in Victoria and he was speaking and somebody said, so what's what's your elevator pitch when you run into somebody? And he said, these days I prefer to take the stairs. That, that yes. was <laughs> it's not an easy transition and when you have hotel members and you know your traditional tourism members it's not an easy transition we get a lot of support um and i'm just repeating brian's words i haven't been a part of this but they get a lot of support but they get a lot of criticism and challenges as well and it's a new way of of managing tourism and they've taken you know a much bigger step than obviously any organization that I know of globally to do that so but it will be about how they how they measure tourism differently well and and, and I did get a chance to hear Anthony Everett speak about it and it does it reminds me a lot of our friends over at RTO4 they took their budget and said none of this is going to advertising from now on everything has to have a criteria based legacy value that improves the plight of the citizen of the business and the island, all those three, and preferably yeah. all three at once. So yeah. those experiments have been happening around the world. They have for sure. And I, I think that's 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 one of the shining stars. Jess, anybody you want to talk about in particular where you're seeing sort of great legacy value? And it doesn't have to be massive. I think you you get you yeah. hit on this, Alexis. Meet for impact looks at, you know, incremental gains too we can't expect everybody to you know to turn green overnight there are there are all sorts of incremental wins what else as you're looking at people getting onto the on-ramp of this whether they're in the community convention industry whether they're in the transient industry what are you seeing that you see that's already contributing back or creating those little legacy value wins that'll help move us along yeah I, I think there's some there is some great stuff happening in asia pacific and i i I guess I see my observation you know working for gds and and also meet for impact and seeing what's happening globally Asia Pacific are probably catching up now, and we're starting to see a few destinations really embracing um and starting to embed some some not just sustainability but thinking more about legacy practices and what are they doing and 
And yeah, one of the destinations we're working with at the moment is Business Events Sydney. And we all know that Sydney, Business Events Sydney have been in this game for a long time. They've been doing research on legacy and impact for over 12 years and some incredible stuff. You know, their, their piece Beyond Tourism Benefits came out, I think, in you know, 2010. And it, it was a fascinating um, insight into, you know, looking outside of, of what um, conferences or mice brings to destinations. Now, 10, 12 years on, they're actually undertaking a project that's now going to apply some of this research um, into what they're doing. So it's going to become part of their strategy um, for attracting conferences to Sydney. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this project goes. And I'm, I'm sure we'll all see a lot more in the coming years. Um, but there's also, you know, and I look across the across the Tasman to Australia, you, you know, there's some there's already some great initiatives, both in Melbourne and Brisbane. Um, I'd certainly love to see some legacy projects, both in tourism and in business events in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, but again, we're probably a little bit further behind. Our recovery has taken, is still taking a long time. Um, so I expect we will see New Zealand perhaps embrace this thinking a little bit more once they've got their destination management plans and strategies kind of done and completed. But yeah, I'm also looking forward to seeing a little bit more out of um, destinations like Singapore and Thailand. There are some wonderful initiatives happening there and I think the next steps for both of those destinations will be more in the legacy space. So, well, and in Canada, Canada, your listeners probably don't know, David, but Canada is doing a big study on um, 16 events, future and past as well, international conventions and studying the legacy of those events over the next three years. So, Oh, is now you're doing that with which hat? Which of your many hats? Uh, that one's with the Meet for Impact hat. Yes. Super, super stuff. Uh, and we will do a whole show on Meet for Impact. Um, I, I, I do want to get to that for sure. I'm um, coming back though to let's let's talk about NZ for a second because one of the things that I personally um, uh, herald and champion is this. I, I do believe is this, and you've heard me say it many times, and it gets me in trouble, and other people respect it and like it, which is we need to be better at engaging with our communities. We're just getting started. And that's okay because we are getting started. We should have been getting started 10 years ago, but we're not, we're getting started now. And I do believe if COVID hadn't happened, we'd still be behind the curve on that one. But there are some great working destinations around the world who are saying, okay, we're gonna have a significant role in sustainability, but you know what? We gotta get a lot better at having, again, back to that wider, deeper, pool of unusual suspects. And I'm, I'm really excited with what Queenstown NZ is doing because their approach to sustainability is we can play a significant role here, but credibility mm -hmm. is the issue here. So I, I see organizations like them zeroing in on stakeholder engagement, doing innovative programs, whether it's digital mm -hmm. hygiene programs with stakeholders. But most places I see are changing that narrative. I do want to, I want to bring this up though. It's it's uncomfortable to change that narrative. Alexis, you've been in a room the first time you ripped the Band-Aid off. What do we really think about tourism and why is it good for this town? It can be a bit of a brush fire, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, um, that's, that's why we're working on changing that narrative, right? Like what if those headlines were to change from what they were before about Barcelona and and Venice and that, and it was more tourism's the driver for for um, community success and developing these communities. Am I daydreaming? 
don't know. I think we'll get there someday. You're, you're not, but, but 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 you're being so polite around the elephant in the room, which is the first time you sit down with residents and you ask a self-selecting sample. Because let's face it, the people who walk through the door the first time, you know, you can beat the bushes, you can really work, but they're the self-selecting sample who've had something to say and haven't been heard. And often it's a very it's a message that basically totally reaffirms the importance of regeneration and sustainability but it generally starts with how bad everything is doesn't it absolutely we've been in that situation recently david uh maybe speaking to a specific situation but it is yeah and it's um you know residents need absolutely and, and part of that is because like you just said we haven't done a good job of engaging residents and communities and that's how we got to this point um i think our whole industry is getting better i think just i think everybody wants to get better at that and it's definitely we're on a movement for it but that doesn't mean that residents and, and communities understand that or believe that, right? Well, we need to work on it, but. I couldn't agree with you more. And in fact, one of my observations to the team working on that was, hey, this is really uncomfortable. Get used to it. We're going to have to figure yeah. out how to mitigate this kind of thing because it, it can take over a meeting. It can become really negative. But it, bottom line is everybody's scared, fed up, wondering what happens next, as, as, as we all are. If we put ourselves in those situations, um, they're hard conversations. It's like the reconciliation conversation here in Canada. You've got to start and you've got to suffer that, that sort of, you know, wow, yeah, if everything were perfect, we wouldn't be having a big rethink on all of these things. It's not. It's true. We need those yeah. people. We need those opinions and we need that confrontation to really develop the proper solutions. Yeah, totally agree. Never, never easy. But again, I'm always encouraged. I look around the world and I usually say, you know, the future's here. It's happening in pockets. More and more, the future is engaged communities that are finding their voice, that are that are working through the difficult starting points of this and really engaging and, and grabbing sustainability and running with it. Um, I did get a chance to meet um, Jeremy Smith, right? He's he, he is the writer um, who declared what well, one point tourism had a, a, a sustainability emergency? Fantastic guy. Um, he he shares the idea though that with all this money floating around um, for rebuild and and, and um, uh, recovery, that it's really important that when we gravitate towards this, we we share and educate people because it's it's not a box to be ticked, is it, Jessica? We've we've seen. We've seen spreadsheets and it starts out sometimes in people's minds as a box to be ticked. How do we mitigate that? How do we make sure it's enduring? Yeah, I think we have to be authentic in our approach. Mm -hmm. And I, I speak to Aotearoa New Zealand here. A really big part of what the shift that's happening in tourism is um, widening that net in terms of who the stakeholders are that we are engaging. And, you know, engaging with our local Indigenous communities a lot more, so our iwi and our hapu, and which also changing the narrative a little bit, not let's shift from this, this word that we use around consulting Indigenous people, and we actually need to collaborate. And I say this because our Indigenous people, who are really, you know, really big part of what we do here, are very much around collaboration and they've been living regenerative practices for centuries and so we have a responsibility not just to consult we need to be collaborating with them and all parts of our community and it's fascinating that you brought up queenstown and again this might be a bit of a controversial thing to say but you know queenstown have been the star of our tourism product in aotearoa for many many years and this is something that's been created through the way that New Zealand has been marketed internationally for years. 
And so they perhaps have a greater responsibility to do more in the sustainability space and to do more to engage their residents. And it's not necessarily harmonious down there for tourism. Um, Queenstown is a wonderful tourism destination, there's no doubt about that, but equally they have some, some significant challenges around engaging their residents and residents who became deeply unhappy about the role that tourism played. And so, yeah, they're going to have to cast their net really wide. Their stakeholder engagement plan is going to have to continue to be enormous and continue to yeah keep evolving. Well, and your word is have to, and I totally agree. And I think working with them, that I can see that for sure. Um, mm -hmm. The pressures of success, and Barcelona is a great example. I mean, we can look at Barcelona, we can look at Queenstown, we can look at any of these places that feel it's, I mean, the one that comes up all the time is also Sedona, right? I mean, you have this place that represents some of the most authentic and, and, and important assets that need to be regenerated and sustained. And there's a lot of good work going on, but there's a lot of angst and there's a lot of angst in Barcelona. And we're talking at the level of threats against people who work in the industry because people are fed up. But I totally agree. I mean, but I, again, I, I think some of these places that feel this incredible pressure, you're right. They're going to step up and do the best work because they're incredible destinations. I, I, you know, you think of the little town that's about to be taken over by a city, and and Alexis, that's kind of what you're working on in St. Jacobs, a, a town attached to a city that has to plumb its future. I've just moved to another small community in Canada that's the same. It's it's, you know, engage now or in the future, just be run by development, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so we we're gonna round this out. We're coming into we're coming into our close time here. Final thoughts. There's a lot going on in the areas of sustainability and re regeneration. A lot of it has to do with awareness. Um, sustainability, of course, has taken on a mantle. It's social, it's economic and environmental, and which is a really positive shift during COVID. Most people are lining up to get started. Um, I have one adage that I use in every industry I've ever worked in, from rock and roll to television to tourism, and it's this. If you cannot find either the revenue or the expense on your accounting chart of accounts, then how do you buy it? And one of the things I don't see is accounting chart of accounts that include sustainability officers, or community engagement officers. And I'm real push here towards the idea we must change the thing we spend our money on. To do that, we need to talk to our boards because we literally have to change our chart of accounts. That's my pitch for, hey, if you needed one tip from today. So... What's your tip, Alexis? Um, can I just add to that before I get to my tip quickly? Give, give her. Um, one of the things I am seeing, and and it's I guess it is coming from the leaders because it's people that were part, it's organizations that were part of the GDS index before COVID. Now what I'm seeing is when they give outreach to us, it's with new people from their team, new members of their team that are in indigenous engagement or community engagement or sustainability experts with, with MBAs and sustainability. These organizations are growing their sustainability teams. Um, and may, maybe that is my final point. Like this is these, these organizations are now looking at different KPIs slowly, but how do we get there? And that's all coming from sustainability strategies and, and community development strategies and these next steps realizing that they need the what's what's the word that you use david for the unusual suspects. yes the, the unusual suspects to round out the team and to get there and i'm so excited every time one of my destinations caught i'm i'm sad to lose my original dmo contact but to see these new roles come in place like that's what we need we need to invest in it and and create those teams and that expertise and that growth 
Excellent observation. Jessica? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. I, I think more of a shift needs to happen into really um, f- seeking out, you know, expertise from, you know, outside sectors that tourism might not have, you know, typically thought about. I guess the one thing I would like to see a lot more of here, certainly in the Asia-Pacific region and, and in New Zealand, is I'd love to see our KPIs expanded beyond just economic input because, let's be honest, they mean nothing to residents. They, they, they just hold no value, and I, I still see it pumped out in comms. I, I still see it pushed out in the way that we talk about tourism and events. And if I'm just a, a resident of a city or a town, and I see that published, it means nothing to me. I want to know how tourism is making a difference for communities. And the only way that we're going to start, you know, being able to communicate this better is if we look at KPIs just beyond the economics. We have to look at the environment. We have to look at social, you know, cultural innovation. There's a whole range of KPIs we've got to be considering. Well, so, then you then you need to talk more to Alexis because she is working on a project where one of the outputs from one of the key consulting groups is we need to shift KPIs that understand destination strength, destination viability, community engagement. And those, those will not be the kind of, you know, pie chart graph numbers we're used to. Some of them will have qualitative aspects. Some of them will be related to things like NPS, but they're going to have to be different. So one of the charges I know the RTO4 has made to the consultants is, hey, we need different KPIs so that we can do this in the next town and have a framework for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's super to see you both. It's always fun to speak to you both. Um, Where are you off to next, Jess? Uh, Probably back to Sydney before the end of the year to uh, carry on this bit of work on this project. But, uh, yeah, and then then up to to Europe in January. Those are the next trips. Lexus? Uh, I'm actually off to visit Rapid City. Um, yeah, in South Dakota, we're doing a project there, very similar, looking, they're, they're developing, they have new executive in place, developing a new tourism strategy, and it's based on sustainability and regeneration. So I'm really excited to go see what we can do there. All right, that's I'm, I, good travel coming up. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Um, I'm off to Minnesota to advocacy where sustainability has a front and center seat because the two now are obviously inextricably linked. Lexus, will I see you in Ottawa for Tayac? That Actually, yes, that's my next trip. Not that it's not exciting, but I will see you in Ottawa. <laughs> hey, 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 for the last two years, Ottawa's been kind of exciting at times. That's true. Yeah, we're, I'm speaking on with a bunch of other um, sustainability uh, consultants as well. We'll be doing a, a panel, seven minutes each. So come watch us. Is Meet, is Meet for Impact there as well? No, they're not attending the conference this year. Okay, we, so long and the short, and we, if we wait around an airport for an hour or two, we'll see each other at some point, all of us. We will, absolutely, right. and I look forward to it. All right, cheers, guys. It's been really Thanks, great. Guys. Thank you. Um, let's Thanks, follow too. this up. I do, I do want to do, I do want to do a separate piece on Meet for Impact because I think some of the specific legacy stuff happening at the convention level, uh, sorry, the, the MC level, is a real. Um, a template and harbinger for good stuff. It's very measurable. It's very calculable. It's, it's tangible. And I think I think we have to look at that from the transient side and start to see that. And Alexis, I think it'll help influence your thinking on this massive project of measuring sustainability on a river that I've heard you've taken on. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks, so. Thank you.
Bye.